Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Hello and welcome to another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. I'm joined by someone very special today to talk about a topic that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, I'm Gemma, as usual, and today I'm joined by Frio star, I would call you a star, Hayley Miller. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining all the way from WA, obviously. So there's a little bit of a time difference. I made you get up early. No, not not too early. It's all right. <laughs> um and today we're going to be talking about your undefeated but also kind of unresolved season of 2020 yes yes it was a very very unusual one well it, it went really well until it wasn't anymore so yeah it is it's yeah. a it's a funny one to talk about yeah and I think I was talking to someone the other day and this I don't I'm not trying to like dig the knife in but this is the first time in footy history that a team's gone undefeated and also not won the premiership. Yeah, well, you'd pretty much not be able to do that, would you, unless something like yeah. this happens. So we'll yeah. take. Well, look, if we're going to get if we're going to get something for the season, we'll have that. If that in the <laughs> yeah, record books is probably never going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it never happens. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it was still impressive though, and you had so much change in the off season as well coming into 2020 I did want to ask and I know it's been something that you've probably all talked about endlessly but the losses to expansion and injury before the season even began how do you think internally you address that to be able to attack it differently than what maybe other teams were able to do yeah, I think our like support staff handled it really well. We knew we knew what was going to happen, um, and there was it was a time that was really difficult, sort of to, to navigate what was what was sort of going to happen. And look, I wasn't um, I wasn't sort of definitely Frio um, myself either. So talking from experience of of going through that process and um, yeah, I guess deciding what your your future holds, and obviously it, it came for me that I was staying at Frio, but I totally understand obviously for, for other girls that 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 they they sort of shifted over to to the eagles um so and it's that's the nature of of expansion and all that sort of stuff it's it's not the first time that sort of happened we knew it was going to happen but i think the powerful thing for us was trent um sort of went through after it had all all happened and people had, had moved and we kind of got together and and he went through each individual player and pretty much gave us an insight to the process that that went through with each player obviously confidentiality anything obviously that they didn't want to share or or anything like that they didn't but just to give each person um sort of the reason why they left and they all had their their reasons but maybe a, a couple so that really helped I think put put it straight in in people's minds that you know they're not leaving because they didn't like 
us that in not leaving because yeah. they didn't like the club and things like that. So a lot of them left because there was opportunities um, elsewhere and, and, you know, that kind of helps with that morale of it, it doesn't matter that this person, this person, this person left. This is what we have yeah. still um, and we can build something really special with what we've got. Well, something else that Freo can hang their hats on is that you're the only club to still have both of your marquee players at the club. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's it's kind of nice because we, well, our original marquee, Kiara Bowers, obviously didn't play for the first two seasons. So that was kind of like we didn't have one for a while and then she's yeah. obviously exploded on scene like we knew she would because if you, if you knew her before AFL, um, w started up you knew she's an absolute star and she every every footy game that she's ever played she's absolutely dominated in so we knew that was going to happen but it was just getting her body right and actually having her play um, was really yeah. really important yeah oh man she's she terrifies me I'll be honest. <laughs> in the best possible way yeah I'm glad um, she's on my team <laughs> yeah. did your eyes light up a little bit as a midfielder seeing a few of those kind of first-tier mids leave as a real opportunity for yourself to step into that and really help the team in a way you maybe weren't able to do prior? Not saying that you hadn't done things for them, but there were opportunities that did open up. Yeah, absolutely. And I was probably one of the younger ones in that um, midfield coming from for the last through, through the last couple of seasons and being the least experienced probably of most of them um, with – Obviously, Dana Hooker leaving, um, that was a massive hole that sort of opens up in the midfield. And um, I think for me, it has really helped my football because I've had to go from sort of this level and people telling me what to do to to jump up here and, and people are looking at me to sort of guide what we're doing because we do have a couple of young girls that have come into the midfield and yeah. um, are, are regulars in there now with, with me and Turbo. So... Yeah, it it was a very different sort of feel to the midfield, but it was also an, a, a massive learning opportunity for, for I think all of us um, in how we sort of make that work. And I think hopefully if we can keep that together, um, yeah, they're only going to get we're only going to get better as a midfield group and those individuals as well. Which is scary for the rest of the competition. <laughs> That's the hard, that- right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got to confess, I'm a Melbourne supporter, but I love Frio so much that I've been called out on it a lot. So yeah. I have is- issues with that at the moment. Um, well, lucky we didn't Freer... end up having to play Melbourne, then you didn't. Have yeah, a, I know. Have <laughs> Someone, I'm um, big fan of Harriet Cordner at Melbourne, a big fan of Roxy Rue at Frio, and the prospect of them potentially having to have played on each other <laughs> in a final may have caused my premature death so maybe it was for the best um the thing that Frio found really uh worked really well this year was the balance between inside and outside mids as well was that something that was a big focus or do you think just with personnel change it kind of fell into place with that sort of thing yeah I think what's also super exciting for us is that unfortunately um, for Herbert, Steph Kane went down with a um, ACL well, within the first couple of minutes of the first game, mm-hmm. and she's probably our one of our best, if not our best, um, wings and one of the best in the comp. I think at actually playing that position. So there were a couple of things that had to change because she was taken out of that um, position. Like you wouldn't probably um, see 
Juddy or, or Epps as being wingers, um, if you looked at them sort of on their, their paper or the profile that, that they sort of have. But yeah. it kind of came – Juddy was always playing on the wing, um, but Epps sort of was thrown in there after a couple of games to try and switch up and bring her into games a little bit more. And she obviously just absolutely flourished in that in that position. And, yeah, obviously that's amazing for us because she did some really, really good things um, throughout the back half of the season. So, yeah, I think – yeah, that balance between we had the inside mid group that pretty much stayed fairly um, similar each each game throughout the whole season, and then we had that that outside mid group that worked really well. And they sort of tell when you're in as an inside mid, you sometimes can get a little bit tunnel visioned. It's hard to see what's sort of unfolding the rest of the game because you're sort of around the ball all the time and you're, you're focused on getting it and fishing it out to everyone else, but. Um, they sort of talk to us and let us know what's going on, what's working, what's not with structure and things like that, which sometimes you can, yeah, sort of you can't really see when you're in there. Um, so having Juddy out on the wing and, she, yeah, her communication to us has been really, really awesome. So I think it, it really did work quite well. And do you think, sorry, this is just turning into an interview now because I'm so fascinated, but yeah. do you think that uh, Katie Jane Greaves' kind of evolution into that kind of on-the-ball role as well helped with that too because it did allow you to have some senior players maybe sit outside the contest? Yeah, I, I totally forget that um, that um, Katie was was originally sort of a winger for us. I put, like I just see her as an inside mid now because she was there the, the whole pre-season and through the season. She really obviously stepped up her game uh, this year and really got involved in, in the contest. So, yeah, I think it was a couple of little positional changes and, and her flipping in really worked for her and for the team and then Juddy flipping out really works mm-hmm. for her. Um, so, as yeah, as a team, you, you couldn't be happier with how it sort of panned out in that in that respect and that what goes to the coaches for identifying that and training it really well and then, um, yeah, for how it sort of turned out. Yeah, and, I mean, something that goes a little bit unheralded is that Grieve was second in the comp for tackles. Which Absolutely. She was Learns <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is again like you don't realize how big a deal that is because everyone's focused on Kiara Bowers getting the 99. Yeah, but yeah, it's like all the little things that Freya were doing right. So, uh, instead of me just continuing to ask you questions, let's actually go through game by game. Um, sure, so we'll kick it off with round one against Geelong. This one was Fremantle Oval, and you guys won it by 16 points. The big thing, obviously, minutes in was Steph Kane getting injured and then having to adapt on the fly. On the field, were you aware that there was someone missing like that? Yes and no. Um, so it kind of like, and it, it doesn't really dawn on you t- till after the game that oh, we actually then were playing most of the game with well, most of the game with a, a man down on the bench. So rotations wise that kind of throws everything out, and it being a midfielder as well or that wing rotation, you sort of. Yeah, you either have your wingers, usually you only have three three main wingers, depending on what how your team's sort of structured. But, you know, you can't have two people running on the wing for an entire game. So that meant that there had to be some big, big changes and flips around. So I think we were aware of it, probably not the extent of it. But, um, yeah, that shows out for the rest of the game. So you try and not think about what, what it could, could or couldn't be. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everyone, well, obviously everyone dealt with it fairly well. And she, she herself, um, knowing her, she can, when things aren't going right, go into a shell a little bit, but that happening and she was able to, she went down and, and they obviously assessed it and said, look, you're not, 
you're not playing anymore um, this game and we'll have scans and things like that. But she she got herself together and, and came back out on the bench and supported the team. So I think yep. from her personally, it was really that was really positive for the rest of the team as well to see that she's okay, so we're okay and, and yep. we can still just let's play this game and worry about what, what may or may not be after. So I think that was really powerful to have her on the bench still still offering the leadership that, that she brings. Yeah. And talking about leadership, you kind of had the opposite of that with uh, you had pretty much no rucks remaining other than your draft pick, Mim Strom, who was incredible all season. She had to come out and ruck this whole game in conjunction with Roxy Rue, who was also debuting. Her input in the middle of the field and then going at ground level, was that something you had kind of up your sleeve that you knew that maybe not too many people knew about and then you get out there and she can kind of become a midfielder at the same time? Yeah, well, we we obviously know what she's capable of and I think it was more showing her that she can do it and it's a lot of positive reinforcement for her that she's doing an amazing job and keep keep doing what you're doing because I would hate to be a ruck. You just get smashed (laughs) smashed 24-7, knees in your chest, like in your ribs all the time. So... Like to just through young kid like her, just really, really raw as well. Um, to just keep keep pushing it, and she did it the the entire season. So unfortunately, um, Anya, our Irish recruit, who was looking absolutely amazing all the way through yeah. the um preseason, we were so, I was so excited to sort of have her and Mim both working together. We haven't had like a a real ruck presence for for the first um, three three seasons. So it was so exciting to have, you know, the two of them there. They were looking really good, working really well together. Unfortunately, she went down with an ACL as well in the preseason game. Um, So, yeah, it all fell on Mim and I think she was originally quite scared about that which you would at being a young a young kid being like oh god now now I've got to do it all but she took that and just and just rolled with it and and did such a great job I mean I'm referencing back the fact that the other day I did actually do a rewatch with Siren the uh sport women's sport collective that I am a co-founder of um we did rewatch round one of 2019 where you actually did assist in the ruck for a large portion oh, of the game. Yes, see, <laughs> I've never got a call up again since then. So clearly, I didn't do a good job. <laughs> I mean, it was against Lauren Pierce, which isn't an oh, easy task. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of. I was coming off an injury then, which was even more ridiculous. So I played that game on in the ruck and on the wing, which are two positions that I've never really, well, never played before. A little bit of wing, but not a lot. Um, so that was a very interesting game, definitely. Big learning curve, and I'm glad I never had to do it again. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the best games of last year, I've got to say. Even Absolutely. though it was very good. Lost. It was very it was good. Devastating, though, for me. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, being selfish here. Uh, <laughs> the other thing that happened, really, Sabrina Duffy kicked four goals in this game. Yeah. She's unbelievable. She is. She can make the ball talk. She just sort of gets herself in the right spot and... She, she just sort of sharks around the contest and, and you know, gets those those ones out the back, puts herself in a really um, dangerous position and obviously that, that results in a lot of goals for her. Yeah, and she's just so smart. Yeah, and she is. She's got a very footy brain. I do enjoy the commentators uh, always pointing out that if she does 
get the ball in the forward 50. Very rarely does she look to pass it off. She's always looking at the goals. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but if you can kick them, then that's okay. As long as, she pick, as long as she puts them through the big sticks, then I don't mind. <laughs> She's doing her job for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so you knock off Geelong by 16 points and then the next week is probably, I would imagine, one of the biggest weeks for WA footy being the first ever AFLW Derby. I keep going to say showdown, but that's South Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said it right. I was half expecting a derby, but yeah, good. I, I've got to say, we at Siren, we have a West Coast supporter who went over for this game and yeah. she drilled it into me that it's derby, not yeah. derby. So <laughs> I've learned that lesson. Very impressed. I'm very impressed. <laughs> um, so this one was at Optus Stadium. 35,185 people were there. And the first quarter was very... I, I want to say aggressive, but in a sportsmanlike way. Yeah. Uh, but then it really did break open. Did you feel like going out there in the first quarter, it was really important to be your physical presence before really doing that out, outside flowing game? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was because there was so much hype around it and everyone was so excited and just wanted to go out there and absolutely give it, give it their best crack. And there was always going to be a lot of banter and there was always going to be you know, it was always going to be hard hitting and in that first quarter was was um, nothing but hard hits and, <laughs> and all, all that sort of thing. And, yeah, it, didn't, it probably didn't break open much really in that first um, quarter. But I think, yeah, once we sort of settled into it and, and you get those nerves and, and things out of the way, we started to sort of play our, our brand of footy and it was just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, oh, that, that's good to hear. It was fun. Yeah. I, it's always so stressful watching footy until the very end. But I guess- <laughs> Playing it is different. Mm. Um, Kiara Bowers laid 18 tackles in this game, which was her season high in a record-breaking year. So that probably was leading the team, wasn't it? Yeah, well, 18 plus plus the one that she uh, <laughs> laid, laid on the uh, pitch invader. So, you know what, <laughs> if we counted that one, she would have got to her 100, 100. for the season. Yeah, I think um, you coached up that on the outer sanctum as well. <laughs> yeah, I would count it. It's a great running joke that we've got um, at the club, but... Yeah, and obviously her physical presence, I think she had the job on on Dana Hooker, so I think there was, in her mind, she just absolutely didn't want to um, give her an inch and and that's what she did. She went out and did her job as well as as being a star as she is um, in her own right. So, yeah, look, she she knows how to play big games um, and that's exactly what she did. And and she was actually hurt her um, shoulder quite badly, um, in the second quarter, I think so. She was as well had a had an injury that was probably caused by tackling too too much, and then continued to tackle the rest of the game. And the I remember the support. So I was um, actually injured myself as well, so I didn't get to play the second half. But so I was sitting on the bench and, and sort of hearing it all. And she'd come <laughs> off and be like, "Oh, it's, she was in so much pain," but she was like, "No, I need to get back out there." Um, and Everyone's just saying, just well, stop tackling, like stop tackling so much. And I was like, or can we put her in the forward line so she stops tackling? I said, it doesn't matter where you put her, she's going to tackle regardless. So You wouldn't yeah. have known it watching the game. Yeah, she just sort of grits her teeth and, and off she goes. Far out. I, I was completely unaware of that. The other <laughs> thing was Katie Jane Grieve really stepped up in this game as well. So this was kind of her first game where it was like, okay, this is someone to watch this year for sure. Yeah, well, she um she kicked a couple of goals and and laid mm. I think um 
bar turbo um the most or well, second most tackles for the day and um i think it was nine or something like that so it was pretty yeah, it was pretty impressive yeah. um day out for her as well and probably one of the best games i've seen her play um she's played with that um tenacity and just that real hunger for the ball so yeah that was awesome to see see from her yeah. as well incredible and you you win it by a casual 45 points no worries and then we move on to round three which was kind of seen as your first really big challenge of the season because Collingwood were coming off a big win against Carlton. This one's at Fremantle Oval, obviously against the Pies, but you got over the line by three points. It was a big game for you. You This was probably your first really big game of the season with a bunch of clearances, bunch of touches. You did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough game, that one. It, it kind of felt like we weren't we weren't over the top. We were... Not lucky, but I think every time that we had an opportunity on goal, it mm-hmm. we managed to kick one. Um, whereas they had the ball ninety percent of the time. If you look at the stats, it was ridiculous. If you um, how much the percentage of that like disposals and the time that they actually had the ball, I think they had it a lot more than what we did. But we managed yeah. to just convert when we had the opportunity, and yeah, that ended up in a win for us. Yeah, and it it was probably a really big challenge for your midfield group, I'd imagine, because of that Collingwood group. Yeah. Jamie Lambert had really established herself. Brianna Davey is unbelievable. That had all those players that you had to come up against and defend as well as be able to get the ball back, which I think would have been a big challenge, I imagine. Yeah, they we we know a lot of these um especially the Victorian midfields are really established and really, really strong. And they've yeah had the inclusion of Brianna Davey, who we know is is a, an incredible player um, and, like, ball finder. And we know that um, Jamie Lambert was getting 30 touches every game and a couple of goals to her name as well. So we knew it was going to be a big, a big task and we were probably – I don't – we don't ever see ourselves as sort of second rate, but – a lot of people out there, if you put the two midfields next to each other, they'd be saying that Collingwood's is a lot stronger. So um, I think it was just sort of trying to play to our strengths and, and nullify their impact through the midfield and then down the ground as well. So, um, yeah, it was it was definitely a big, a big challenge and learning curve for us. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the kind of balance of disposal and how much they had the ball. I think it was something like you had six inside 50s to their, like, 20 something yeah. so that alone is pretty incredible that your defense was able to withstand that they were really strong in that game yeah I think our our poor defenders don't um <laughs> don't, probably don't get enough credit for what they do um for our team and as usually defenders don't um we don't have like one star defender that sort of does all the work they all kind of chip in um a little bit each which I think also it it doesn't help them in terms they don't get there's not one person that's getting a lot of praise for it but yeah. as a as a collective they they're really strong and i think the way that we play they do just the nature of it the, this quick pace we get bounced a little bit so then they do our um sort of score score against is a bit higher than some other teams so you look at is that the defend the defense isn't as strong but I think it's more the way that we sort of play is that slingshot footy and unfortunately that can obviously work the opposite way as well and we get bounced and teams kick goals on us but as long as we're doing it better the other way which obviously we did this season then that that's the way we sort of want to want to play and um it's 
pretty blatantly obvious when you watch the way that we play <laughs> that we want to move the ball pretty fast and um yeah, yeah and, it, and obviously it works really well with with the girls that we've got down forward and um yeah their ability to just turn and, and go yeah it works really well for us and speaking of bounce Evie Gooch I think really established herself as that kind of rebounding defender this year her ability to jump out of the back line and really get you moving was really evident this year for sure yeah she's super strong and and so and she reads the ball really well as well so when she gets her hands on it and she's quite a good decision maker so we'll we'll hit up a target or or run it out a little bit and um get it long out of out of trouble so she's definitely yeah i think grown in her confidence of of what she can do as well so um Having Alex Williams out of the team um, with an ACL yep. from last year, she probably was a bit of the general back back there last year. So Evie probably was the one that that stood up a little bit this year to sort of lead that back line and, and tell everyone where they need to be and what they need to do. So, yeah, really, really good effort by her um, to take on that role. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so you've you won three in a row now and then we go to... RSEA Park in St Kilda, a place that is not a happy hunting ground for me as a Melbourne supporter. Um, no. You won by one point. This was controversial, all that sort of stuff. But the biggest thing that I noticed in this game that was frustrating me to watch, which I'll say, is the inaccuracy. Oh, yeah. That goal. It's just like, just kick straight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I can't even put it down to what, what the problem was. It wasn't overly like there was a bit of wind about, but yeah. it wasn't. And it's not like we're not used to the wind because I can tell you what at Fremantle Oval the wind is usually ninety yeah. percent of the time absolutely blowing a gale. So I have no idea. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> you're right. In the first quarter, we probably could have been up two or three yeah. goals, and that probably would have put the game to bed a little bit. But we caught sort of. We've sort of kept them in it, um, not not discounting their them at all. They were really good, and they they sort of came together and they played they played a good brand of footy, and um, mm. you have to give them give them credit for that. But yeah, I think it probably would have helped if we'd um, put a couple of the goals through early. Um, may have helped our our sort of situation come the end part of the game. But anyway, you learn you do learn from that. <laughs> and was am I right in saying the scoreboard was wrong at the ground? So what was the feeling like on the ground when the siren went? Yeah, I I realised just probably thirty seconds before the siren actually went that we had that we were ahead. So probably I think they missed one of the points. Oh, well, yeah. see, there were so many of them they missed one. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they missed one of the points. So um, when Gemma hit post running into yep. an open goal um I thought then it was a draw but yeah. it was actually oh was it yeah I think I thought that was a draw but it was actually we we're a point we we're a point up so the scoreboard had that it was a draw at that point and obviously yep. um if you ever played footy or watched any footy it's it's the situation or how you deal with the situation when it's a draw versus you're a point down versus you're a point up the way that you play is very very different so sort of it being a draw I was like well I don't want to I don't want to draw I want to win so we were just trying to shovel the ball out of the midfield like as as quick as we could kind of thing and then I I looked up at the scoreboard again like 10 seconds later I was like oh hang on 
where I'm pulling it up and I was like, oh my God, pull it in, like hold it in. Let's get another stoppage. Like, there's only, yeah, maybe 30 seconds left or something like yeah. that. I was like, why? We're trying to like shovel it out and get it going forward, which means that they can rebound a little bit easier. But yeah, yeah so it was, it was very unusual. And I think look, to, right at the end, like some of the St Kilda girls still thought it was a draw and yeah, it was a bit of a shambles. But I'm glad that, I'm glad it was in our favour. I can only imagine how your coach was feeling watching you getting the ball out of the stoppage so quickly at that time. Yeah. Well, I think, well, they knew they knew the actual score yeah. and also knew that the scoreboard was wrong. But by the time, like, your runner sort of comes out, it, it's you're not quick enough, sort of, you don't have 30s. It would take a couple of minutes to get that sort of messaging out anyway. So, yeah, they were probably just watching and being like, oh, God, please, please don't do anything <laughs> stupid. Just don't let them score. But, yeah. Incredible. Oh, man, yeah, that was stressful to watch. Um, then we move on to round five. So you, you get over the line with that one. Stress aside, you get to go back home to Fremantle Oval to face Brisbane, who were on a pretty good run at that stage. You were the, both the only undefeated teams remaining, right? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Well, yeah, they they drawn to Gold Coast, but um, yeah, so still technically undefeated. Yeah, but you won by three goals. Um, this was where Sabrina Duffy decided to jump back up, kick four goals, three in the first half. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I read somewhere that her first six touches were all scoring shots. I think something like that, yeah. (laughs) Very efficient efficient with her um, ball use. She kicked 4-4, though. Were you just secretly hoping she'd break the goal-kicking record? Yeah, I think, well, minus the finals, I think she was one behind on, on leading goal scorer for the year. Um, yeah. So, well, you never know if we'd had those last two games, she might have popped up. Yeah, it was, it was funny. She did have, you know, she had a couple of really, really good games and then a couple of quiet games where she didn't didn't really have much impact at all. So I think for her development-wise, we'll just be looking to sort of have those amazing games more often. Um, but, yeah, when she does turn it on, she she turns it on very, very well. Do you think that in itself is such a nice problem to have because you do have so many other forwards that can pop up and do similar things on the others' off weeks? Yeah, well, absolutely. Look, when, when Sabrina Duffy's not having the best day, um, you've got Roxy stepping up or you've got... Um, you know, Gemma, well, Gemma's pretty, pretty standard. She, she goes and gets the ball. She's an excitement machine. We're going to work on getting her to kick, kick the ball through the big sticks, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I think when, when one's not having the best game, the, the others really step up. So, um, we're really lucky in, in that respect that we can, that we have that, um, versatility in the forward line and, and, 
yeah, the ability for, for someone to have a bad day and it not affect the whole team. Yeah, I was writing up a piece. Um, I think it was after maybe the Collingwood or St Kilda game. I was writing up a piece about your game and likened Fremantle to a game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah, one, put one down and another one pops up. Yeah, and this, again, is why I was so scared for my team to have to play you. <laughs> um, Ebony Antonio did some nice things up forward. She some Some very natural forward things up forward. Absolutely, she does. Well, she wasn't even and, playing. She wasn't playing forward, but she uh, she snuck forward. She snuck forward plenty of times, didn't she? <laughs> um, and you were able to stave off a really big Brisbane push in the third quarter to kind of just maintain the lead that you gathered in the first quarter and and just put them away, which was, I think, your as a team, your show of perseverance and what's the word you guys have used all season? Um, think of the word. Anyway, it'll come to me later. I've written yeah. it down somewhere. Just shout it out when you remember it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the perseverance you've shown, the resilience is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. Um, to kind of deal with any situation, I think that's what yeah. the first five games have shown is that no matter which situation you're in, you've worked out a way to win out of it. Yeah, I think you know, the, the situation that we're in, we, we, we weren't really that happy with how the Collingwood game panned out or the St Kilda game panned out so although we won them um it kind of felt like we lost at the end because we were pretty disappointed with sort of how not not so much the Collingwood one we know they're a really good side but I think the St Kilda one we just didn't play how we wanted to so look we won but on that plane ride home it we were sort of sitting there I was actually sitting next to Turbo on one side and um, Katie on the other side and I just stopped and I said God, we need to talk about this because what's happening in our midfield <laughs> right now we need to sort it out because I'm not happy with how it's going I was like there's something that's missing and we pretty much like had a crisis meeting that week to to try and figure out what was going on and you know that's a really good spot to be in when you're actually winning all your games um, when you're still having crisis meetings about what's not going right um, yeah. and we we're starting to be you know labeled not as a weak midfield but just People just said that, you know, we are being beaten in the midfield all the time and it was our forwards that were winning games for us and everything like that. So I think you take that a little bit personally if you're if you're in the midfield. So I think myself and, and Turbo, we kind of were like, well, I'm, I'm sick of having that sort of label and I want to – how do we turn that around? Not that it's all about what people label you, but, yeah, you do, we, know, we know what we're capable of and, and that wasn't it. So – yeah, we, we prepared a little bit differently that week to to um, take on Brisbane and I think it, it worked really well for us and we rolled that out the rest of the year and preparing for, for players and what we might come up against and, and how we were going to combat that. But, yeah, I think it was a really good team, team sort of effort that day to just turn around what were probably two games that we weren't really confident in our, like, in our execution of the game but... Um, then we came into Brisbane and the feeling after the Brisbane game was very different. We just felt good about what we'd sort of been able to achieve. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that push and I think you're right in saying we we were able to win no matter what the, the circumstances were and, and I think we're really proud of that um, ability and we, we were, you know, hoping that that was going to continue on and we had a lot of belief that that would continue on for the rest of the season. 
if, yeah. if it had gone ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we always come so back refreshing. to that. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, just, oh, uh, if I'm feeling this way, I can only imagine how you guys are feeling. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, situation is unprecedented. Yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely. It is, yeah. In the, I find it's really hard to talk about because, you know, you, you don't want to be disrespectful in the, in the fact that, yes, 100%, there is a lot bigger things going on in the world and, and, you know, people are dying and, and the economy is in, in, in a bad way and, and everything like that. People are losing jobs and whatnot. But, like, yeah, to, to it's us, still, it, yeah. it's still a big, it's a big deal and it's a lot, like, you put a lot of hard work and, and effort into, into that and for it to just sort of stop like that, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get over. Yeah. Probably yeah, and- next year and if we do really well, if we don't do so well next year, then uh, don't know what's happened with that. <laughs> Well, there's no other option. Say that. I say, there's no other option. We have to do well next year. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. At least you can say you had an undefeated season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's continue on. We're up to round six, which would end up being the final home and away round. You took on the Dogs at Witten Oval. You won it by 15 points, but it didn't feel so secure for most of the game, did it? No. They well, they again they. They were probably they're not having they weren't having the season that they would have wanted. They're a really young young side though, and they just came out and played like they just desperately wanted to win. And um, it was they played a really exciting brand of footy, and they they pretty much tried to beat us at our own game a little bit. Um, I think that's that's how I'd describe it. They they did that fast flowing football and caught us on on the fly a little bit. So it yeah it took it took a bit of time to sort of break that, and that yeah not till till the last quarter and and um, it was an exciting game to sort of play and I didn't feel like we we didn't have control over it a lot. Like even when we were three goals down, it was kind of like, oh, hang on, like we really need to do something about this now because if we don't start this charge now, it's gonna we're going to leave it too late and we won't be able to sort of get back if that makes sense. So yeah. it was kind of like, oh, wow, okay, we are now three goals down. We're going to have to really really put our foot down we can't just rely on your last quarter because we may not have enough time so yeah it was that third quarter when we yeah we found ourselves quite a long way down and we're like well something needs to happen here and and yeah sort of rallied around and and got a couple of goals to get us within a goal I think or just over um going into the last quarter and then yeah we're able to have a really strong finish to the game. Ashley Sharp in this game was unbelievable. Her work in the forward half did really effectively change the game in terms of scoreboard momentum for you. Yeah, definitely. It took a really good um, mark in the in the goal square that I think when and when she's that close, she's a great set shot on goal um, within within sort of that thirty meter radius. So um, we you know, that you know that's going to go in um, and to take a really strong mark. She's not known for taking. Um, really strong marks. Usually, she um, likes to get them on the run and, and sort of run yeah. down and and get that fly on the back. She's quite quick, but um, it was really impressive to see her take that on as well um, and and do things a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, definitely scoreboard pressure in a game like that is is massive because yeah, we needed we needed the score on the board. No <laughs> matter what you're doing the rest of the game, if you don't get the score on the board, you're uh, you find yourself three goals down. Did you that that mark that she took? Um, Trent Cooper said that he thought that was the real momentum swing on the field. Did that kind of lift a lot of you to kind of push that a little bit harder? 
I think just generally, whenever you get a, a get a goal, you kind of like, all right, let, let's try and feed off this momentum. So I don't know if it was one specific point, but every time you sort of kick a goal or someone does something um, really good, you kind of want to feed off that and it, and just keep keep pushing. So yeah, as you know, um, you're sort of seeing your players on on the ground. You're trying to really um, build off that momentum that you're creating yourselves because. By this time, we had no uh, crowds at the game, so there's no yeah. there's no momentum built built by the crowd. Not that we would have had much there um, because it because it was uh, at Whit Noble, but yeah, you don't have anyone else sort of driving you on, so you have to do it do it yourself. And yeah, we we probably did that quite well, I think. Yeah, and there was a moment that you probably don't want to talk about um, the double fifty meter penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a funny one. I think, um, but yeah, Katie just I think had a absolute um, brain fade, and you know that happens happens to the best of us sometimes. And um, I think everyone was kind of just on the field like, what, like, what are you doing? Kind of thing. Like that. You basically, yeah, obviously gave them gave them a goal. But I think what was really pleasing was I think she came off the ground and was absolutely distraught with with herself having done that and had to get on the phone to Trent and Trent was trying to calm her down more so than, than tell her. She already knew you didn't need to tell her that she'd yeah. done the wrong thing. She knew what she'd done and, and it was more trying to calm her down and get her refocused on, on the game and, and um, to make an impact to sort of not to fix what she'd done, but, you know, you want to make an impact and not let that be the defining moment of your game. So I think for her to go out um after that had happened and, and still managed to make an impact and um yeah it was really positive for her and her development yeah yeah it was kind of funny to watch it from home just being like what is happening <laughs> what is, what's happening why what are you, you do doing that? i know you're literally just like why why are you doing that <laughs> and then yeah it was she did definitely kind of lift in the after that as well that was very noticeable at least from the tv screen at home um yeah. So you won it by 15 points. That, again, was another example of a different way to come out and win despite maybe being jumped or something like that. And then there was a week of uncertainty. You didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, you probably knew more, felt more comfortable uh, in the situation being top of the conference ladder than maybe some other teams like uh, like Melbourne, let's say, um, <laughs> yes. who have a really good way of missing finals missing. in yeah. AFLW. It's devastating. Um, <laughs> but you got to play against the Suns expansion team at Fremantle Oval in a semi-final. The big thing in this one, Roxy Ruse contested marking. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. She definitely took it up a notch um, a bit in that game. I've yeah, seen a couple of replays of, of one of the ones she took and it was, yeah, really impressive, like three or four four people deep and, and taking good clunk. So, yeah, I think she really, really stood up in in that game. Yeah, she. Yeah, I'm such a fan. Um, you won it by 70 points, but I think the biggest thing in this was the goal kicking spread that you had, which you've touched on earlier. Is the way your forward line can kind of spread. This one was really good example of that. Was this a game coming into it? Obviously, you don't want to disrespect the opposition, but they're an expansion side that maybe fell into the situation of finals because of what had happened. What was the mindset going into the game? Was it put as much score on the board as you can or was it don't get injured? 
No, definitely. We never go into it saying don't don't get injured because that's usually when you do. Um, if you ever have that mindset, you're almost guaranteed you're going to get injured um, because you hesitate and things like that. But no, I think we we didn't want to disrespect them at all because we knew that they're they're a good side. They're probably one of the best. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see you know them in St Kilda. Um, probably quite quite similar in terms of the expansion sides that were really quite strong um, this year. Gold Coast had, had um, yeah, they, they'd done really well during the season and, um, you know, they drew to Brisbane and, and things like that. Um, so they, they had, they'd had a good season, but we knew that they'd come off a pretty rough um, trot of they'd just been in Perth the week before and then had to refly back over here. And look, we know how um, tiring that flight can be um, doing it once um every two three weeks let alone doing it back to back so we knew that they were probably going to be a little bit a little bit tired um and a little bit inexperienced as as a group together so we wanted to expose that as much as we could whilst giving them the respect that they deserved um but i think yeah on the goal kicking front when you're when you win by that much or when you're up by that much, you can share it around a little bit. So that was really nice. And it, look, those games are just really fun to play in. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got to, we got to play that game because it was a very enjoyable game to play. Yeah. And obviously unwittingly it was the, the final game of the season, but you were playing in finals and you'd won a final, which was history making for Frio as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We just, we just wish that it could have, you know, taken some of that momentum on and continued it on, but it is what it is. And it was a good one to finish on regardless. Yeah. Um, Just before we finish it off, I just wanted to know what was one, your highlight of the season and be probably the worst part of the season for you. Boy, I don't know what the best part's going to be, but I'll go with the highlight. Um, <laughs> the highlight first, I think, would probably be, despite myself not being able to play the game um, in its entirety like I'd wanted to, I was so excited for the game, but I think the the derby um, at Optus was just so mo- monumental for, for WA sport and for all of the girls and to come out and perform the way that we did, um, I think it probably set up. The, the rest of the season. I think we didn't go into that thinking that it was going to be the way that it was. Um, we knew we were capable of that definitely, but, you know, anything can happen in a game in a game like that where there's so much feeling in it. But, yeah, I think that really set up the season. It was it was an awesome sort of atmosphere at the at the ground as well. So that was so, so cool to be, be involved in and um, sort of etch that in the history books. And obviously, well, obviously, you can't go past the worst part of the season being yeah, it being it being cancelled, and you know it's it's really hard to describe what that actually felt like um, at the time. A little bit numbing, and then there were tears and you know frustrations, and you why this, why that. But um, at the end of the day, you can't can't do anything about it, and we just refocus and and try and build on what we what we had this year. You know, last year we, we got to that preliminary final and didn't perform the way that we wanted to there. So we wanted to build on that this year and despite not being able to go any further than, again, a preliminary final um, for different reasons, but I think we did build on what we'd done last year. So next year we're only going to be better. <laughs> that's that's the way it's going. That's There's a no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way for it to go. We have to go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
before we finish, I just want to say thank you to you, not only for joining me today, because it's a Sunday and everyone should be able to chill <laughs> on their day off, but also just for being such a good advocate for women's sport, women's footy, all that sort of stuff, because I know that it's a, it's not an easy position to be in. Um, and it means a lot to fans and people like us seeing people like you out there doing it all the time and standing up for that sort of stuff. So I just wanted to say that before we wrap it up. No, oh, thank you. So thank you. Um, <laughs> well, thank you guys for all your support because we wouldn't be able to do it if we didn't have the support of everyone that actually backs it and, and wants to keep it keep it where it is. So it's really important that we have that we have the advocates, not just us advocating for ourselves, but you guys out out in the community and, and across across Australia um, doing what you do and loving footy as much as you do because um, we wouldn't have it we wouldn't have it otherwise love it a bit too much I think I'm, I'm really glad that on this street you kind of you can't see the rest of this because that, that would be embarrassing for me um, that happened to me actually on an interview recently there's a there's a picture in the frame just there of which I've now made it harder to see one of my favourite uh, men's players, uh, newspaper clipping, and I was interviewing someone from that club and they called me out on it. So it was really embarrassing. So I'm more conscious of that now. I'm not wearing any merch. I'm wearing a bright, bright yellow jumper. So we're all good. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, everyone, go and follow Haley wherever she has social media and also support Freya because they're great. Second best in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take, uh, this, it. I'll take yeah. it from a from a Melbourne. Um, well, are you Melbourne? You're Melbourne based. Yeah, you're yeah. Based. Melbourne based. But you are Melbourne. Based. There you go. Yeah. If we can be second best, then that's that's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> One on each side of the country is okay, right? Yeah. I think I fun. was um talking to your social media manager and trying to get someone to send me a Roxy Roo Guernsey. So I'm still <laughs> working on making wait, that happen. Still working on that. Someone I'll, send me one. I will wear put it. In, I'll put, in a, <laughs> put in a good word and see what we can find. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hayley. Uh, no this has been, I see it, but I don't believe it. That's been Hayley Miller from the Fremantle Footy Club. Uh, we'll be back in another week with another episode, but otherwise uh, stay inside and wash your hands.